Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey, y'all. We're back for another week. We're back for another week super close to Christmas of Tis the Podcast. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. And I am Tom. That was a weird and way like, to introduce yourself, Tom. <laughs> he's trying to... He's trying to change it up from the, I'm Tom. I'm festive. I'm Tom. I'm festive. You are festive, Tom. Tom. It just sounded like you're an alien trying to imitate Tom. Body center. (laughs) (laughs) It is the countdown to Christmas, guys. I mean, it really is. Like, Anthony right now in the background has his leg lamp and his tree and his lights, and I'm having flashbacks to last Christmas season, and, like, Tom's got all these nativities and trees up, and... I'm so excited. I am too. Six Mondays till Christmas. As of this recording. Stop. Stop. Nope. Too too soon. Too. That's just too much. Too fast. It's too fast. I am so behind on Christmas shopping compared to where I usually am this time of year. It's going too fast. You and me both, girl. You and me both. (laughs) I hope you were referring to Julia there. (laughs) I don't think he was. I started building our Advent activities for our Advent calendar that will start December 1st. I'm pretty excited about it. What activities do you have on there so far? Well, we've got some mainstays, like each kid picks a cookie recipe that they want to try and bake. And then we have like our bake all day fest. And then the next day is our ding dong ditch all day fest. But like this year, we're going to add taking cookies to the police station and taking cookies and treats to the fire station. And then we're adding, um, I'm, I'm bringing it back y'all Christmas cards. The Colburns are sending Christmas cards of this year. Yay. I will eagerly anticipate mine in the mail. You will get one in the mail and it might probably hopefully have a picture in it as well. Awesome. Like I'm going full out. I'm pretty That's excited. Exciting. My we'll see if it actually started. happens, but I'm excited. I was gonna say our advent started. <gasps> we are exciting. in Advent. I know. That's we might exciting. need to steal some stuff from y'all. We're doing we are doing a Harry Potter tree this year. Oh, oh my goodness. Sarah is uh, working on turning all those mini pop funkos we got on the advent calendar last year into ornaments. We're just doing a Harry That's Potter awesome. themed tree. Oh my goodness. Awesome. That's One of exciting. Our, we have our Scandinavian tree up right now. The big Scandinavian tree up. Everything's Scandinavian. Oh man. I'm excited tr- for our ornament swap with our I was listeners. about to bring that up. Speaking of trees, <laughs> um, yeah, we need to, I guess, some, get some details to, to some people about that, maybe. It's or we did, week, and I right? totally forgot about it. No, we gave them until the 15th. 
We did? Okay. Awesome. Right? Wasn't that what we said? To sign up? Oh. I have no clue. I don't know. <laughs> We're giving them to the 15th. So by the time this drops, you've got your stuff, guys. We should probably plug it again on our social medias because people seem confused about how to sign up. Wait, so the 15th is just put your name on the list of you being interested. You fill out the form. Do we have to fill the form out? There's a form. If you want people to send you stuff, it's on our Facebook group. Wait, okay, cool. did I did I read it correctly that <laughs> is this a one-on-one exchange? No. It's How does it work? There are seven people signed up. You send seven ornaments, you get seven ornaments. Wow. Oh. You send seven, you get seven. Okay. Yeah. So if 50 people sign up, we send we 50? 50 ornaments? Then we'll, then we'll break it down into smaller groups. Okay. Oh, okay. I've never done an ornament swap, so this is new to me. Should we do one to one for now, you think? I mean, should we keep it make it that easy? I mean, do people are people aware it's send ten, get ten? Uh, we talked about it on the Facebook group. Okay. That's fine with me. I think that's cool. We we do this for like a few years. We have a whole Tissa podcast ornament swap tree, each of us. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. So we've had some crazy weather this week. Yeah, we have. You're in Tulsa. It snowed today, Anthony. We got no snows in Owasso. We got a bunch of sleet, though. Y'all didn't? Mm-mm. Um, you know the big Andy's ice cream? Andy's yes. Yogurt custard places? Yeah. Can you see this? Oh, my gosh. The that wind blew, blew off. so hard, it blew off the ice cream cone. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that wind was bonkers today. I saw, like, there was a car parked next to us when we dropped Ellie to school, and the car was, like, lifting and, and moving from the wind. Yeah. A lot of wind. Do you get wind like that, Anthony, or just the glorious snow because you're lucky? We get wind like that sometimes. Yeah. Everywhere you go. (laughs) All right. This week, we're back for another rendition, and I've lost count, of A Christmas Carol. This might be the most divisive. No, I'm not going to say that because we covered All American Christmas Carol. This is going to be a very interesting episode because we are covering one of the first, if not the first. This isn't the first, is it? Nope. And not the first. And one of the most arguably, Iconic. at least among our listeners, beloved, beloved versions. That's right. 1951's A Christmas Carol with um, Alistair Sim playing Scrooge. So it was only A Christmas Carol in the U.S. It was Scrooge everywhere else. Everywhere else? I wondered about that. Not going to do a plot synopsis for this one. It is a Christmas carol. We're talking about Scrooge and Marley and the ghosts. I would say if you're fuzzy on the story, we have multiple versions that you can reference to get up to date on the story. Um, In kind, we will likely not dwell a lot on plot points. This will probably be a discussion of what do we like about this version? What do we not like about this version? How does it compare to our favorite versions? But is this our favorite must, version? Is this our favorite version? We must cover some high-level details. I'm going to do that first, and then we can talk about histories. So this version came out in 1951. It was directed by Brian Desmond Hurst. So Brian Desmond Hurst appears to have um, some movies in his catalog. And I don't know if it's just me, but did they like crank? They crank some movies out in old school Hollywood. Mm-hmm. 
like more so than they ever did, they ever do now. But I'm always surprised when I look at how many credits can be to somebody back then and the fact that they span, what, like 20 years and there's just it's a like, ton of them. It's like Hallmark actresses. Is it? Is that it? <laughs> you know what? Um, I wish I wish we had a job as fun and as Christmassy year round as the Hallmark actresses. This doesn't count. We don't get paid for it. We don't. We get paid in love. So playing Scrooge in this iteration of A Christmas Carol is Alistair Sim. And I feel like a lot of times these Christmas Carol versions are highlighted by who plays Scrooge, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Alistair Sim does not look familiar to me at all from anything but this movie. Uh, That might just be a a lapse in my old Hollywood movie knowledge. knowledge. But do y'all know him from anything else? Like even reading everything he's been in, there's nothing that jumps out at me. Uh, I can honestly say I pr- didn't recognize any actors in, or actresses nope. in this film. <gasps> Not any of them? Nope. Unless it's somebody I know by name but didn't recognize them. All right. Why? Who did you recognize? Uh, we'll get to her. Clue. Um, playing Bob Cratchit is Mervyn Johns. Same with him. Actually, looks like he's done a lot of um, what did they call the what did they call scary movies way back when when they first started? Oh, Steve Hammer King was like a huge the fan Hammer of them and the Hammer film. The right. They've got know. like a genre almost. Oh, um, it looks like he's been in in a few of those. The Birth of Hammer Horror. Hammer horror. That's probably it. Founded in 1934 until the mid 50s. Until the yep, 70s. that would be it. Yep. That would be it. Looks like he's been in quite a few of those. Um, playing. Did, did you? I'm sorry. Before you move from Bob Cratchit, did you think he? I was like distracted by how much he looked like <laughs> the animated Bob Cratchit in Disney's A Christmas Carol. <laughs> they had the exact same face. There was oh my a- god. There was a lot of. Did not uh, notice that. I feel like they borrowed a lot from this one. Oh yeah, totally. A lot, a lot. That is funny. I did not think about that, but that's pretty funny. Um, the one recognizable character in this movie, and it's recognizable to me because I wore out a movie that she was in when I was a kid, is Hermione Baddeley. She plays Mrs. Cratchit. She's a Mary Poppins. She's one of the cooks. Right. Uh, yes. Okay. She's Mrs. Cratchit. And I saw and her And you know face what? She was, was like, the only one who did look familiar, but I couldn't place her. That's I it. I didn't recognize her at all. <laughs> um, playing Marley is Michael Hordern. Looks like he may have been in the, um, at least one Clint Eastwood movie, which is kind of exciting. But Tons of credits, honestly, to all of these actors and actresses. Uh, Michael Dolan plays the spirit of Christmas past. Different take on past. Not a woman uh, or the an white... androgynous character. Thoughts. No, and elderly. Very much so. We'll talk about that later. Christmas present was played by Francis DeWolf. Same thing. Whole lots of stuff to his name. Um... And then Christmas Future was a cloaked figure. So I don't know who played his hands, but they did Chesla really Chesla Kornarski. Ah. Kornarski. All right. So that's our cast. Do Not you know a lot of connection with the cast. Tim? 
Oh, do I want to mention Tiny? Glenn Deerman is the last cast member we're going to mention, and that's Tiny Tim. Have to mention Tiny Tim. He's kind of important. Just a little bit. Just a little important. Um, oh, he passed away in 1997. That is sad. I, I assume most of these At actors least. are not with us anymore. <laughs> At least yes. Scrooge had a change of heart in Tiny Tim. But he was only in his 60s. A long old life. Okay, a medium length old, a medium length medium <laughs> life. <laughs> um, okay, so cast is out of the way. Plot here is straight from the book, so we don't need to talk any plot deviations. But I, most importantly, want to know what your histories are with this version. Tom, what's your history? Today. Is it really? Is it the first time you've seen it? I mean, I think I've seen it in the past, but I never with actually not sat much down recollection. and watched it. I never sat down and watched it. Yeah. Anthony? I don't remember the first time I saw this. Probably in school, actually. I remember this is a version they showed in school when we covered this book. And mm-hmm. uh, I hadn't seen it in years until today. But I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I love it. It's my favorite version of A Christmas Carol. It may not be the most Christmassy, like, look-wise, but it's definitely the closest to the book. And Alistair Sims is Scrooge to me. He's your Scrooge? He is my Scrooge. He didn't even sing. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Anthony Scrooge doesn't sing. Um, and it's we'll get to why, we'll get to why he is my Scrooge later on because there is a specific scene why he's my Scrooge. I feel like we've asked the "Who is your Santa?" question enough that we need to probably pose "Who is your Scrooge?" on our Facebook page. I'd Absolutely. argue that we probably had more Scrooges covered on this than Santa's now. <laughs> I would yeah, say that's accurate. <laughs> Julia, who's your Scrooge? My Scrooge is Michael Caine. Me too. I like it when he sings. <laughs> You'll be hard pressed to find a role that Michael Caine plays that he does not outperform everybody else who could touch the role. Michael I Caine, would disagree with that. One of the most brilliant actors Hollywood has ever seen. Name he, one. He absolutely is one of the most brilliant actors anyone's ever seen. But I can but. think of three or four Scrooges off the top of my head who were better than Michael Caine. Oh, three or four? That's high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll get to that. If all American um, Christmas Carol's on that list, Anthony, we're done. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> I think I think there's a secret part of self-loathed Anthony that 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 loves that movie and has watched it three times already this month. How dare you, sir? I barely got through the one time. That I was too never... far. I'm sorry, Anthony. That was too far. <laughs> too far. It's funny, Anthony. You mentioned watching this in school because that's my first memory. I think it was probably middle school. It seems like a safe bet to where you know your audience, right? I don't remember it start to finish, but there are enough parts that I know I've seen it in its entirety. Um, so I'm pretty sure it was on one of those roll-in TVs that was strapped yep. to the cart that had the VCR and you knew it was going to be the best day ever. Absolutely. Um, this, was not, this was not the best day ever when I saw it in school. I remember being kind of bored. Um, but I'm pretty sure that's my first viewing. And I've seen it maybe once or twice since then, but not, I don't think I sat down to watch it. I think I just caught it on AMC or something like that. I do think just real quick that even if somebody hasn't seen this, they've seen parts of it. Cause this is usually the one on TV in a lot in the background of a lot of Christmas movies where they're watching a Christmas. Carol. Yes. And they use it in commercials and um, like Christmas montage 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Not montage, yes, what they do. Collages that they that they do. Um, Anthony, you're probably too young for this, but Julia, did your school have the laser disc? No, I don't. Not that I remember. Oh, do you know what laser Those discs are, Anthony? I know what laser discs are, Tom. Okay. I remember in my video stores, there would be a laser disc section, and I was always perplexed by how those even worked. Like, did they work on like a, but did it spin on like a record player type? No, it was like a, it was like a, it was like a record size CD and it would go into a So you took this pizza size CD and you put it into a pizza box size player? The thing came out, if I remember, and you'd set it on there and it'd go back in, but this was Did they look that much better? Of course. Good old fashioned VHS. Of course. <laughs> That's why they was, don't exist anymore. It was newfangled and cool. They do. They're now called DVDs and they're smaller. I see. Yeah, I think so. Laserdisc is the precursor to CD and DVDs. I do have to ask you guys did you watch the colored version or the black and white version? They have a colored like, version? Amazon only had the colored one to run. I was so upset I didn't get uh, the black no, and white no. one. No, no. I was I looking for the black on and white Amazon, one. That's where I and got, I got it. the black and white one. Well, that's I, I, wi- like, I wish I had see- I had seen that version because I only literally saw the colored one. It took me forever scrolling through Amazon to even find this one because I didn't realize. Why would you it- ever? Why would you ever pick the black and white one over the colored version of a Christmas? Same same reason I would do that for It's a Wonderful Life as well. It's a Wonderful Life is different to me. This one, if I see the ghost of christmas present i want to see them colored robes you know what i mean like yes. that's where that well we'll break it down um histories are out of the way let's talk about okay so let's just cut right to the most important question here because i feel like your love of christmas carol versions is like 99 percent. how much do you love the scrooge versus anything else in the story right that we can kind of nitpick to death so anthony this is your favorite screw. This is your favorite Christmas Carol version. Does that also mean this is your favorite Scrooge? One hundred and ten percent. He is my favorite Scrooge. When he is Scrooge before the change, he embodies he embodies for me that meanness and bitterness. He's he's not as hunched over as I picture Scrooge when I'm reading the book. He's not as like I don't want to say uh, you know not crippled. He's not Tiny Tim, but he's not as. Uh, decrepit as a picture mm-hmm. but he is a, he is an a-hole and i love the backstory they add for him uh you know buying 51 percent of the share that's how he got his company and you know being corrupted by mr jerkin like mm-hmm. you know who kind of like turns him away from fezziwig and i love all of that and the backstory where you kind of get it's kind of implied he doesn't like his nephew because his sister died during childhood. Oh, it's beyond implied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But you know what I mean? I love the yeah. backstory they add. I think it really does help flesh out the character. So he is the a-hole that Scrooge is supposed to be. But I love, 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 love his change at the end. How he is so over the top that Mrs. Dibbler, is that her name? Yes. Literally, you can, you think he's mad. He was laughing like the Joker, feeling himself, 
feeling his furniture. Like he sells it for me more than any other Scrooge that like, thank God I'm alive. I was scared to death and now I'm happy and I'm going to, I just can't, I just can't stop counting my blessings, blessings in this moment. I'm just so thrilled. So I mean, the headstand is famous, right? In this one, when he does the headstand and his robes flap open and Mrs. Dibbler sc- screams and runs out. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, I lo- and I love her line when he chases after her and gives, <laughs> gives her 10 shillings or whatever. Is this to keep me quiet about what I saw? <laughs> they told her he, she, had a, she could guess what it was for and she said, yeah. to keep my mouth shut? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I just love him. I think he's, yeah, you can argue. It's not even an argument. He does overact. I find in a lot of movies from this time, there are a lot of overactors. It's not just this film. Yes. But he overacts in a way to me that is still Scrooge. Like he leans into the miserliness and then he leans into the happiness at the end. And it works for me. Mm-hmm. I will say that the Scrooge is the high point. Alistair Sim is the high point here. Mm-hmm. Um. I just don't find his belief. I don't find it believable. It's the problem I have with film from this time period. And I admit it's 100% a personal bias. I cannot stand the overacting. I think it was epitomized when Jacob Marley puts his hand up to his head. He's like, oh, like, I wanted to throw up. It's not believable. (laughs) I'm so disconnected. I feel very much that I'm watching something happen. I'm not lost in the story. But I agree with Anthony. At the end, Alistair Sim is his redemption arc is very nice to see come to its its full its fulfillment there at the end. I do enjoy that. Is that all? We're, that's all we're talking about right now. It's just Scrooge, right? Just Scrooge. Okay, so yeah, Alistair Sim was fun. I agree with Anthony that he did a good job as Scrooge again. I still like Michael Caine better. And as far as I don't like the film at all, but as far as the perfect looking Scrooge. For me, it's the animated one with Jim Carrey. Yeah, that is the perfect looking Scrooge. <laughs> that 100%. is what it's like. He's, he's, he's got so much, he, his body is like hunched over and decrepit because all he does is sit at a desk and count money all day, right? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how I pictured him when reading the book years before that movie came out. Like they just ripped it from the mind for me. <laughs> I did find the uh, casting for the young Scrooge and the old Scrooge to be interesting. They looked nothing alike. They did not talk alike. They did not even seem like the same character at all. <laughs> yeah, uh, young I, Marley looked a lot like older Marley. Young Marley was a good was a good cast. That's it. Uh, when I saw, especially noticed it when I saw young Marley. When I remembered young Marley while I was watching Marley on his deathbed, that I'm like, okay, this is what the guy would look like on his deathbed. We're going to talk about the death scenes too. Uh, but you know what? They make a good point about Scrooge by bringing that up. You're telling me that he wasn't Scrooge in that scene, like waited till the shop closed to go oh, visit totally his best friend on the mm-hmm. deathbed. The writing of this film was great. The the they I, I feel like they honestly they took. Okay, I'm 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 going on tangents here. I'm sorry, Julia. Julia, what do you think about Alistair? <laughs> um, I didn't mind Sim. I. I was also struck at the not miserly appearance and how he really did seem more like a businessman than like a decrepit businessman, which made me think more about the newest version of a Christmas Carol coming out from FX or whoever it is that's putting out with Guy Pierce, right? Because he also does not have that decrepit look. And so I was like, huh, 
looks like they're not original in that one. Um, I didn't mind that. It was a little refreshing to kind of see that and for, for his personality and actions to portray his miserliness more than his outward appearance. Um, his face was distracting to me, <laughs> but it's the overacting. So yeah, overacting's not my thing either. Um, I usually kind of have to take older movies like this with a grain of salt because that is also a little frustrating to me. Um, but it really worked in some parts. The the Scrooge scene at the end, the redemption scene is my favorite scene in all of these movies ever. It's always my favorite. And his was super fun. And that's what I'm looking for in that scene is a complete flip-flop and he definitely does it. Um, he's a lot more fretful as a Scrooge than a lot of them that I see. Like you have some Scrooges like Michael Caine, like once he gets, once he gets halfway through Christmas past, like he's ready to move on and is almost like already well into his redemption phase. I feel like it took Sim a while and he was so reluctant to accept, you know, this second chance. That was also kind of a really interesting take on it as well. Yeah. Um, he kept, he kept saying to the ghost, like I'm old, like just find somebody younger who has more of a life to live yeah. and help redeem them, right. which I found was very interesting too. Yeah. Interesting take. Um, so I, he's not my he's not my problem with this movie at all, and I don't have tons of problems. I say that like I've got this big beef with it, but I didn't mind him at all as Scrooge. Um, they did some fun things in the movie. I'm interested to talk about that you don't uh, see in other versions. I will say, Julie, to your point, his face is distracting for me. Some of the faces he makes when the ghost appears is not so much a scared look as a confused look. Like he had a really <laughs> Yeah, odd expression on his face. Like when, uh, he, really, yeah. <laughs> when he walked in on the ghost of Christmas present, it wasn't even confused. It was like he was just, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> like when he tried to walk away, you know? Uh-huh. He just yeah. looked at him, turned and walked away. I thought that was a weird choice. <laughs> I think I want to expand a little bit, if y'all are okay with it, on what Anthony was talking about with what this story brought to, what this version of it brought to the story, Dick and yeah. Story. Mm-hmm. story. Um, it took the story as its base. And a lot of it was pretty true to it, including the dialogue, which I did like. Oh, yeah. Like, that dialogue was very, like, ripped from the pages. Everything they added, though, added a depth and complexity to the story that I feel Dickinson did not. Dickens. What did I say? Dickinson. I'm thinking about that new, I'm I'm really excited to watch the new Dickinson show. On on Apple TV? Yeah. Yeah. It gives us more of an understanding. Mm Mm-hmm. I know it's a little thing, like when I watched uh, Muppets Christmas Carol or any of the other Christmas Carols, when Fred comes in. Also, I found it interesting. I just always picture Fred now with the wreath when he walks in the room, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, there's no wreath. It's because it's not just Disney. It's like all of the newer ones. Yeah. He brings, he brings his uncle a wreath. Uh-huh. I really liked Fred and understanding why he's so cold to Fred because Fred's mother, his sister died in childbirth. But mm-hmm. Scrooge not having, like, he needed the ghost of Christmas past to tell him, oh, you mean like how your mother died when she was in labor with you and your father never forgave you? Like, mm-hmm. yep. Hello. So, it was so cool. yeah, the stuff they added to compare it to the Disney version, right? Like, this is how you add stuff to a movie. You don't need a carriage chase scene through the snow where Scrooge is tiny and being chased by the Grim Reaper. This is how 
you add and expand upon a story in a good way. Yep. Well, this movie also didn't have the threat of being shown in 3D to cause some of those additions. Yeah. But wasn't even the additions either that made it so much better. It was the uh, the way the story was presented. And I'm going to jump to the end here. You know when Scrooge is visited by the ghost of Christmas future. Mm-hmm. Um, in this, Scrooge sees himself dead first, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't get to Tiny Tim until the end. Mm-hmm. So Scrooge, Scrooge faces his own mortality first. Uh, in the other one, it felt like we were supposed to be building up to... Like it was building up to Scrooge realizing at the end that he was really disliked that all these people had, you know, mocked his death and uh, were selling off his stuff and he was just gone and nobody cared. Whereas we got that out of the way first here. And then, mm-hmm. uh, which I like because mm-hmm. Scrooge is on an emotional journey at this point. And when he gets to the end, the thing that bothers him the most is Tiny Tim being gone, which shows more of a redemption than when he breaks down in this book and in other versions of this when he sees himself dead and nobody caring, right? Absolutely. So I like Can how I they just, flip that. That was really I well done. I loved the Ghost of Christmas yet to come in this one. Like the way he looked, it was just a simple role, but I found it mm-hmm. creepy and effective. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I loved that more emphasis on others than himself. Yeah. Um, I really loved that. And there's some really good moments at the end, especially when... Well, when he's with Present and they're visiting the Cratchit family and Tiny Tim is there. And then at the end, when him and Tiny Tim have that bond, Sim really does act the poo out of those scenes because you've, I can feel that emotion. It's palpable in those moments. Um, so I really enjoyed that as well. I, you uh, know, part of well, me laugh at the end when he sent the turkey and those kids were just cradling the turkey. That was weird and gross. And all I can think is these kids are going to die of salmonella. Oh, right? Lord, yeah. The salmonella made me super cringy. And, and I loved how that's considered the biggest turkey in the shop. And I was thinking to myself, they did not pump it full of hormones like they, we do. <laughs> no. Hold my beer. I'll show you a big turkey. <laughs> <laughs> he did still it was its head attached or was just the neck? Because that was that it was just the neck. That was creepy. <laughs> and yet it had its feet still. Like full on like chicken legs. I think we can all agree that the screenplay adaptation of this was through the roof. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The director was terrible. The cinematography was awful. Yeah. Awful, awful, awful. It's like, it was It was not a t- made-for-TV movie, but I'm like, okay, commercial goes here. Okay, commercial goes here. <laughs> it was copy. The transitions did not work. This random looking out of a cave with a uh, an hourglass thing was weird yeah. and just lazy. Okay, the hourglass thing I hated, but in terms of choppiness, the book is choppy in between each of the ghosts. It's episodic. I'm not even talking about between the ghosts. I'm talking like from the very beginning. Like everything is just chop, chop, chop. It, it didn't flow well. Again, I, I was continually reminded that I was watching something. I was not a part of something. I yeah. like the cinematography. Like I like some of the shots. Like when Scrooge first enters his house, they shoot him from upstairs. So you can see how big and empty and cold the house is compared to mm-hmm. him. Like I thought that was effective. The shots like that. Okay. Cinematography was the wrong word. I should just say the, the directing and the editing. Cinematography was good. You're right. And like when we're seeing him with the undertaker at the top of the stairs, when he goes in to check on Marley. Man, uh, talk and talk about a cold scene, by the way. 
Well, no, what mm-hmm. was work? That was cold, but we were built up for it when he, you know, when uh, he's being told about Marley dying, and she's like, "Well, I'll see if he can wait until you get there." <laughs> he's like, "It's a quarter to five. The shop closes seven. That's seven. I'm gonna go morbid here. I'm gonna go morbid here, but I can also tell that the director has never seen anybody die because that is not how human beings die. Okay, you know what? <laughs> the way human beings die isn't represented accurately in a lot of films. But this was really bad. Like, Especially just, not in the 50s. Yeah. This was just really bad. Everything okay. <gasps> I felt like it was a third grade play. Well, no. What, I, I, think, I think I will say this was like almost like as if they were acting for a stage and just filming Yes, it. like a sta- stage in the 50s. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it felt like. It felt like a play type setting, an overacted play type setting. So I didn't hate in this one she's called Alice as much as I do in other ones, maybe because she wasn't in it a lot, but I also liked that she helped out at the homeless shelter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, she didn't I, bother me. And nope. I like that we got to see her in the present too, which we mm-hmm. don't really ever get to see. She was obviously the same actress as opposed to young Scrooge young Jacob Marley. They were not that, the same. That's why I said to Sarah, I was like, man, she aged a lot better than Scrooge. <laughs> well, just look at how poorly Scrooge aged between the time that Fred was born and the, the end of the movie. Man, he had some rough years there. Young yeah. Scrooge is always handsome and old Scrooge never is. Even Michael Caine's young version was cute and Michael Caine is not. I wouldn't call I him mean, cute. I mean, it's the physical. They, it's the physical way to show what happened to him on the inside, right? Right, right. You, I would honestly think more. I'm surprised more movies don't show after the end when he's become more of a father to Tiny Tim, him looking better. I'm surprised they don't do that more often. That's a good Just point. Let him stand up a little straighter. They did in this hair. one. He does yes. have kind of a physical restoration of sorts, even if he's just like more that. put together. You know. Mm-hmm. What did y'all think of? Of the actual ghosts. I know we talked about present, uh, future was, you know, effective. Um, what do you think about past? That's one I really care about. Awful. Fine, but past, past was, was my least favorite. Yeah, past, past didn't do awful. it for me. Like, past yeah. did nothing to evoke nostalgia in any way. Past did mm-hmm. nothing to bring about emotion. None of it. Past, I mean, was, a, past was a fail. The, the acting, the choice for the character was bad. The acting mm-hmm. was bad. Past uh, is always, though, and I agree with you, a past is my least favorite part of this film, but past is always my least favorite ghost. I really yeah. that jovial one, and Christmas Yet to Come is always a mysterious, creepy one, but past, like, whether it's a dancing head in Jim Carrey or the creepy Muppet Girl, like, they're always a little, yeah. like, more but detached those, no, than the other two are. are. They are, but they always ha- carry this air of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, there's something pasty about them. But you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't feel like, he doesn't feel like Christmas past. He's supposed to be some sort of, he looks like a Roman. Yes, he does. But it's, it's not well done. I am pretty impressed, though. I went back and looked at the 1910, which was the first Scrooged film adaptation. Mm-hmm. And they were still doing the same, cinem- the same technique to get the For ghost. future. For past. I know the, I know on the Wikipedia page they had the clip of him in future in that first version. He looks like ex- I mean it's the same future and everything. He does the hand thing like really creepy in the robes. And Scrooge is wearing the same nightgown. 
Yeah, Marty made a comment when we were watching this that he was pretty impressed that even back then they had special effects. Right. That were probably pretty awesome back then, you know? I I thought Scrooge is more sarcastic in this one than he tends to be sometimes. Like, he's always very short and, like, mean. But I thought there was a little more sarcasm to him this time around. Yeah, I got that. He felt bright, like, more mentally bright as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he did. Uh, I mean... Again, the added scene of him and Marley making their play to get that company. First of all, I didn't know shareholder meetings were around during the time of Scrooge. Oh, for sure. (laughs) But um, that scene I thought was very well acted between the Uh two. The way they sit back and just kind of smart because they know exactly it's going to go exactly the way they want it to go. That's right. And you talk about bad transitions, Tom. I love that the next shot is the sign Scrooge and Marley. Mm-hmm. right after that scene i don't feel bad for the shareholders because they're the ones that started the whole path of scrooge being not a good mm-hmm. person well i mean uh, the one who was uh embezzling money definitely yeah <laughs> and then we have the ghost of christmas present which to me looks exactly like the original drawing of the ghost of christmas present it was perfect yeah i could so you were saying you wanted the color julia i could see the color i looked i know exactly what that room looked like Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, but yeah, which I was, wanted which to is, see That's the, the only part of the movie where it was that way for me, though. That was the only part of the movie where, like, in my mind, I was filling in the green coat. Mm-hmm. Now, I well, will say this is not my, this is one of my more well-loved Ghosts of Christmas present, but I, my favorite is still seeing it all take place in uh, The Man Who Invented Christmas. I love, um, I love that when he entered the room, before you saw the ghost of Christmas present, you saw the light starting to dance on his face. Like he's kind of mm-hmm. blinded by the light and you mm-hmm. know exactly what he's looking at blinded before we see it. The light. <laughs> um, let's see. I loved Bob Cratchit in this version. It's about to oh, say we're, we're Bob doing the ghosts. Are we going to finish out the ghosts? I guess we already have I then, right? We thought just we kind of did. We went out I think we all liked yet. present. And we all present liked was present, a win. Yet to come. It had the future. temperance. It had the temperance and uh, ignorance or whatever part that I never like in any of these versions. It actually includes it. It always creeps me out, and I'm never a fan. The way um, he opened his robes, though, it looked like he was gonna flash, flash him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I knew what he was. I knew what he was doing, but the way he was doing it, I was like, "Oh my god, he's flashing this guy." <laughs> this is before a sex registry, sex offender registry. <laughs> Bob Cratchit was cool, though. Yeah, he worked. Cratchit. He reminded me a lot of Gary Oldman's Bob Cratchit. They looked exactly like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love um, Mrs. Cratchit too. I liked, obviously, liked Mrs. Cratchit. She's from Mary Poppins. <laughs> the uproar when they think, when they remember Scrooge in their prayers as the founder of the feast, was unanimous. The whole table, which I thought was funny, it wasn't just Miss Cratchit like right. getting her two little bites, and it was all the kids and everything. And I always like that scene. I like that Bob and Tiny Tim's are steadfast in there. Loyalty. Appreciation. Yeah. I li- well, I like loyalty and just that that yeah. good nature that Yeah. I love that. And I also love that <laughs> I love the emotion on Scrooge's face. He's shocked that they thank him. He's ashamed when they all go off on him. <laughs> and then he's shocked and like kind of a little his heart has melted a bit when Bob and Tiny Tim stick up for him and thank him again. Yep. 
and I appreciated throughout the whole present, and this is how it happens in a lot of the films, when Scrooge is uncomfortable, he tries to walk away or look away, and the ghost of Christmas present just kind of grabs him and forces him yeah. to look. Yeah, I like that too. I wasn't the biggest, this was not my favorite Tiny Tim. Me either. Over actor, extreme. Didn't buy it. No, same thing with my- Jacob Marley. Jacob Marley was mm-hmm. awful. My favorite Tiny Tim is still uh, Mickey's kid. But that may just be because that scene where Mickey lays the crutch down on the grave. On the grave? Always gets rough. That was, the laying it on the grave was a lot more impactful than some kid reading the Psalms while we're looking at a crutch next to a chair. You know what, though? When Bob comes in and tries to act like he's fine and everything in the future, like Mm -hmm. those five that 30 seconds he's acting like he's fine and he just starts breaking down. That was a good piece of acting on that guy's part. Mm-hmm. It was a bit much. But I can forgive I can forgive overacting when it comes to a dead kid. <laughs> I'm glad your standards are a little <laughs> a lot more so than, than woo, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the Tiny Tim sadness scene is the best for me in Muppets. Because Kermit sad is just rough. It's like Mickey sad. Um, okay, so we talked about all the ghost diversions. We talked about the redemption of Scrooge at the end, right? We all, yep. I think, quite liked that scene. So I even like that when I even like that when it's a day after Christmas and Bob is hurrying back to the shop and he does his yeah. usual trick on him, like makes him think he's going to fire him. That he's not wearing black; he's wearing a purple suit. Like we wouldn't know change. that. I didn't know it was purple. It looked black to me. Yeah, me <laughs> Shade <too>. of black. <laughs> he was wearing purple. Wearing a purple suit, and he was wearing a blue suit when he went to Fred's house for Christmas. Oh, okay. See, I need to. See, I wish I would have seen the color version. Been spoiled so, by the color technology. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I did like that scene though, where he uh, fake fires or is gonna fake fire him. Like when he comes in, he just keeps glancing up at him, like he can barely contain his <laughs> excitement to play his, this trick on him. <laughs> he is a bit giddy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any favorite quotes? And I'm thinking more like this version specific quotes. Well, I have scenes I haven't mentioned. I really liked this yeah. version. I like that we saw like Scrooge eating alone at that restaurant on Christmas Eve and he asked for more bread and the guys, <laughs> the waiter's like, sorry, sir, that's more money. And, and Scrooge, Mr. Cheap Guy is like, forget the bread. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, you mentioned it already, but the stuff with Miss Dilber at the end, um, I liked that. I, I liked the... She sees that true redemption in him as well. And she gets just as excited after she's petrified. <laughs> I love how fun. she's petrified. And I like when she <laughs> asks if she wants to see a doctor. And he's like, no, no, take your 10 shillings and go enjoy yourself. Like, she runs out of there. <laughs> like, before he can change his mind. Yes, <laughs> like, she does. <laughs> <laughs> His bed looked extra comfortable, though. He had, like, a lot of pillows. Like, I thought his bed looked really comfortable. <laughs> I want one of those My favorite that I can hide, that I can just close the door to. Close all the curtains. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, my favorite quote from this movie is when Ebenezer, at the end, when Ebenezer goes to Fred's house and, you know, he basically makes amends with 
Fred's wife and all of that. And then you've got that random party goer that goes, Dennis, a polka. And the guy starts <laughs> playing a polka at the piano. <laughs> I was like, that's it. That's the quote. That's my favorite quote from this version. So I, I liked his resolution with Fred and his wife, but his wife kind of <laughs> looked a little too enamored by him at the, at the end for me. She looked like really into him. <laughs> she had a real quick flip there. Real quick. You know, I mean, it's like Tom said earlier, a lot of the quotes are ripped straight from the book. Yes, they are. And it's funny because we've covered so many versions of A Christmas Carol. And a lot, and a lot of them have had many of the lines ripped straight from the book. That like you can kind of just recite it at this point, or respond to the dialogue at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't really have favorite. Qu- I mean, I feel mm-hmm. like it would be redundant to mention quotes because we mentioned them a million other times in other episodes. I do like his. I do like Alistair Sims' delivery. I just wanted a way to get Dennis a polka in the episode I- somewhere. Frankly, um, <laughs> I'm not sure which ghost he says it to, but I like, again, where Scrooge said, go and redeem some other promising young creature. Believe me to keep Christmas in my own way. All right. Should we rank this? We should. Wait. Well, does it pass the Linus test? Linus test? Obviously. Yes. Yes. Is it a it's Christmas a movie? Test. Yes. It is and that's a Christmas why, movie. And that's what I wanted to say, too. Even though it didn't look particularly Christmassy, like some versions do. A, I feel like it was probably mm. closer to what it would have looked like at the time. I felt good mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, but the music Chris- got me there. I loved the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I lo- A Christmas Carol is so synonymous with Christmas. Uh, <laughs> the story itself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I also liked when Scrooge <laughs> told... Uh, Bob Cratchit, that uh, every year you ask me, and every year it's as much of an inconvenience as the last year when he asked for Christmas off. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I don't think he was a very good guy back in the day, y'all. Mm-hmm. Not so much. <laughs> All right, so what are we going to rank this one? I'm going to come in at 6.5. I'm giving it Sorry. a rock hard 10. This is my favorite wow. version of a Christmas carol. 5.9 for me. So this that gives it a 7.46 which puts it at number 15 on our list in between home alone 2 and while you were sleeping i think huh. we're going to get some buzz on this one on our social medias if you want to partake in some of that chatter we've got a few places you can do that um if you go to tisthepodcast.com backslash twitter facebook reddit patreon which we'll put a pin in um and Instagram, you can access any of our social media super quick. Whichever one you like the best, come talk with us. And um, we also have a super great subreddit. You can get to that by backslash Reddit. Um, tell us <laughs> how wrong you think we are, Tom and I, anyway. Um, I know we have some passionate people about this version of Christmas Carol, but the question I want answered um, is who's your Scrooge? Hashtag that's my Scrooge. Um, I have a feeling that you and Tom may get more hate mail for this one. The most hate mail for this one since a Christmas story. Yeah, probably so. Well, we were, we were fair about it. I mean, neither of us us ranked it low. And uh, the big thing for me was some of the director choices and some of the casting and the, (laughs) (laughs) that faint really does it for Tom. (laughs) Oh, it made me sick. (laughs) 
Anthony, can you do a quick rundown of what Patreon is since I already mentioned it? Yeah, sure. So if you want extra piece of podcast content other than what you'll find in your feed every week, check out our Patreon site where we have full-length bonus episodes uh, with Thanksgiving coming. We've done an episode on the Friends Thanksgiving episodes and we're going to do a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Uh, We just did It's a Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown and we have a bunch of other bonus episodes up there. In addition to, depending on the level you want to donate, you can get free stickers, Christmas cards from us, and you might even be able to pick an ep- pick a movie first review and co-host with us. So check it out. We've got some great content there and some more fun stuff coming your way. I would say that uh, you should do your homework. We are going to be recording later this week, which will drop next week for y'all. The new Disney Plus movie, Noel, starring Bill Hader and Anna Kendrick, followed by Prep and Landing in the Prep and Landing Naughty vs. Nice. Ugh. And Prep and Landing Operation Secret Santa. Oh, and go on all of our social media. Tell us who is your Scrooge. If you're doing Twitter, do hashtag MyScrooge. And uh, if you like the show, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Every new review helps new listeners find us and helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year. And you'll get a free sticker. It's a podcast sticker, not just a random sticker. (laughs) (laughs) Not a random sticker. It's actually a a podcast sticker. (laughs) Guess what, y'all? What? We are under 1,000 hours till Christmas, only 888. Oh my gosh, I don't think I can get my shopping done in 888 hours. (laughs) Yeah, especially when you phrase it as 37 days. I definitely can't get my shopping done because that's only five weeks. Oh, my gosh. Time really needs to start slowing down. Yeah, it better slow its roll. All right, y'all. Keep Christmas in your own way. We'll see y'all next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, humbug. Christmas ball. <laughs> oh, where do vinyls gather that black boy? Why do vicars make a holy noise? What's so hot? You've got to shed your shoe. Mr. Fizzy Wings, I am a Christmas ball.
though when we would go to our video store there was a whole laser disc disc section and i never understood <laughs> yeah funny cut that out that's what she nice said way. <laughs> we're just gonna start over Always small. 